Hey there, thanks for joining us for the latest podcast from Resound Church. We really believe that together we are better, and our heart is to reach, send, nurture, and disciple people as they become all that God has intended them to be. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or head over to our website, resound.church forward slash app, to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Good morning. You can take your seats. What an incredible service already, hey? Isn't it great to watch people go through baptism? And I'm always encouraged, and you know, particularly today, Charlie. For those who don't know, Charlie's our son, and and uh, it's just incredible to see him go through that faith journey. And for Chanel as well, you know, I think as a church, our our goal is just to help each person grow in their faith step by step. And uh, it's not about reaching a point, but hey, just everyone journey in their faith a little bit. Um, so yeah, well, it's awesome to be preaching this morning. Um, if I look a bit hot and flustered, it's about 40 degrees in the, in the spa. Um, I could make some jokes, but I'm going to try and be a bit serious today. Um, but we, we started our second week on our grace series. So our, our core values as a church uh, are built around the um, acronym of grace, and we've got generous, relational, authentic, compelling, and encouraging. And so over the next five weeks, we're going to be preaching into each one of those. And this morning, uh, we're going to be talking about being generous. Who loves to be generous? I, I don't know about you, uh, but I love to be generous. Uh, I think I'm generous. Uh, this week, just journeying, preparing for, uh, for this morning's um, sermon, just talking with the Holy Spirit and with God, well, what does it actually mean? And, and I felt challenged because I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm a generous person. But the Holy Spirit began to speak to me and go, hey, what about this and what about that? And some of those questions you don't necessarily like to be asked by God. Um, so I just thought we'd pull them apart this morning. Hey, is that all right? That's all good. Uh, You know, I think when we we start to think about generosity, we immediately go to the whole thought of money, Um, we immediately go to exchange of things, but this morning I want to open a whole bunch of things around our generosity. You know, Ruth spoke on grace last week. Uh, Who's been, who's had that preached back to them about five times this week? I don't know. Every time Ruth's Ruth's done something in the office, I'm like, hey, you spoke on grace on Sunday, come on. Um... (laughs) Or Sarah's, actually, I was trying to be grace-filled this morning. Um, that's met with utmost honor and respect. And, but who felt convicted this week just to go, hey, am I extending grace to people in areas of my life where maybe I've struggled with that? You know, we can't separate generosity and grace. You can't be generous without being grace-filled. You can't be generous without, uh, without us having a whole element of grace sitting there going, I'm going to extend something beyond myself, push out of my human thinking and push into a place where, where God comes and does something and allows us to be generous. You know, recently there was um, obviously the bushfires and there was huge appeals um, for finance and a guy you might have heard in the news, Andrew Forrest, one of the, the top um, billionaires in Australia donated $70 million to the bushfire crisis. Who reckons that's amazing? I reckon that's incredible. And there was, a, I don't know if you read anything, but there was debate a little bit around, well, was that actually generous for him or not? He's worth like $9 billion or something like that. And so it was like one per, less than 1% of his net worth. 
And, and there was some debate and things in the media going, well, it's all right for him. Um, you know, and I'm not going to bring judgment on that today. But for each and every one of us, I think generosity means something a little bit different. Our context is a little bit different to what that means with generosity. And today I want us to really look at the whole thing of generosity being a heart condition. A heart condition and not just an act or a task. See, I can pull out my wallet and go, hey, I'm going to pay for lunch today. And that might be a generous act. But am I a generous person? That requires us to have a heart condition. For us to have a a heart that says, I'm going to be generous through all things. And what can sometimes happen is in an act that we perceive as being generous, we think we're generous across everything that we do. And I want us to be challenged today, really, that generosity is about a heart and a condition of our heart. You know, as a church, you know, as a church, we, we want to be a generous church. This is why it's, you know, our number one goal. We, we don't just want to have a, um, values that fit in an acronym as convenient as that is. Generosity is important to us as a church. And I think it's key for us as we we go on this journey of what our values and what's important to us as Resound Church. Um, But we we don't want to just be generous in an act or a moment or one particular part of our life. We want to be generous through all things. And um, the first one thing I want to talk about, and we often go to it, is around money, isn't it? Or if you're generous, you're good with your finance and you're generous with your finance. Uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty obvious one. It's, some, it's a commodity, I guess, that we have in our life where we can give that to someone else. It might cost us. Generosity's got to cost us in some way. Uh, otherwise, it's just surplus being distributed. If we're generous, we're actually going out and about of our way to, to do something for someone else and it costs us. But I think in church life, we easily just go generosity money, don't we? Generosity money or, or hey, we're going to talk about generosity today and we de- default to, well, that's what, uh, it's time for the offering to go around. Uh, but, you know, it is an important part of what we do, but not, it's not the only thing. A scripture that we would, um, we would read and, and many of us would know comes from Luke 21 and um, it speaks again to the heart condition of our generosity. And Jesus was with gathering with a group of people. He said, while Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, the poor widow has given more than all the rest of them, for they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. What she did in that moment wasn't a surplus. It wasn't just I had this left over or ticking a box or that's what I have to do. But it was about her out of her heart, knowing that potentially she would have nothing to eat tomorrow. She still gave. She was still generous and something was stirring in her heart um, to do something. So, so money is an easy one. I think though it can be too easy. Depending on where you're at in your financial stability, it's easy for us to go, I'm generous and I'll just pay that off. Or I'll just fix the problem by, by giving money to it. And it's, particularly in our affluent society, it's easier for us to go, well, I'm generous and I'm just going to put some money to it. But, but let's be generous in our giving. Let's be generous, not just in a church realm, but hey, who is that person in your world that needs something 
Uh, maybe God's prompted you to, hey, that person's stepping out in faith. I just want to bless them. That, that's a way that we can do that. But let's always come back to our heart condition. The next thing is our time and skills. Again, time is a commodity that we have. I don't know about you, but I love to help people. Uh, there's something satisfying where you, you've got a skill or you've got some time where you actually go and help someone that needs a hand, no matter what it is. And, and we can easily do that. We can actively help people in giving up our time and be generous in our time and our skills. Maybe it's even a conversation. Maybe someone wants to come and pick your expertise on whatever it is that you're an expert in. Um, let's be generous in that. Let's be generous in our time and our skills when we're, we're dealing with others. But who knows they're the easy ones? They're, they're the transactional things. I'll give this to you, and it, it could be with the right heart and with the right condition saying, well, I'm not expecting anything back. You know, that's what our generosity should be. It shouldn't be an exchange running a tally board of, well, I helped Campbell out today and, well... I've got that credit over here when I need a hand. It should be done with, with no expectation of return. It should be done where there's, there's no expectation that we've got to get something back or it's not a transaction. We, but, but who knows they're the easy ones. The more difficult ones are we come when we're dealing with other people. Who's generous in their conversations? Who's generous in the... the, the the benefit of the doubt. Maybe you've heard something about someone or maybe, who knows in our modern society, text messages and emails and the way that we communicate leaves a lot for interpretation. Have you ever made an assumption because of the way that you've communicated with someone and you jump to a conclusion and you make an assumption, but are we being generous in an understanding that that's maybe not what that person intended? Maybe there's a decision from your boss at work or people that you work with. Maybe you don't like it. Maybe you think they're stupid. Maybe you're just like, why would I do that? How about we ask some questions? How about we extend some generosity to people? And I'm, I'm speaking to myself. It's like, let, let, let's be generous in our dealing with other people. Let's not just move on and, and ignore how they're feeling. Instead of a reaction, let's ask question. It's easy for us, hey, to just jump into, well, this is how I'm going to respond, and that's what I think. And, but, but how are we dealing with other people? Because what it does is if we, we just don't extend generosity when we're dealing with others, we can move into a place where we're bitter or, or upset with that person or maybe carry offence. And it might seem hard in the moment where you're going, well, hey, I'm just going to extend some generosity as I'm relating to that person, but can I guarantee you it will work out better in the long run? Where, where we ask some people and we understand better their situation. You know, this sort of generosity requires us to humble ourselves. <laughs> That's fun, isn't it? <laughs> where we have to humble ourselves, but ultimately we want to be like Jesus. We want to be like him and seeking after him. And we see time and time again in scripture where um, he extended generosity beyond what we can see in ourselves. Where, where we would go, why, why would he do that? Let's humble ourselves and 
not get in the, in the way of what God might want to do through that situation. Then we move on to an even harder one, I reckon, is forgiveness. Are we extending generosity when it comes to forgiveness of people? It's got really quiet now. <laughs> hey, and uh, again, I don't know about you, but forgiveness is hard because there's usually a reason that you have a reason to forgive someone else. Isn't there? We don't just go, hey, today I need to forgive such and such. It's usually out of circumstance. It's, it's out of a situation that's occurred. And we've got to try and get to a place where we're prepared to forgive someone. And that's the heart of forgiveness, isn't it? That there's a generosity that's extended beyond what would be normal and maybe reasonable based on the facts. If we looked at the fact and who was right and wrong, but that's not what forgiveness is about. Forgiveness is about us uh, allowing God to come and do something in us. See, if I'm upset at someone, like if Jared really offended me, which is, he obviously offended his wife this morning, I reckon. But if someone offended us, who know, and they, they're not aware of it, the, the lack of forgiveness doesn't impact them, it impacts you. It impacts me. And, and so this, this has a, a twofold effect. Us extending generosity when it comes to forgiving people actually does something more in us, but, but helps us to reach out to be more like Jesus. But it's not easy to do because there's hurt, there's pain, there's probably trauma associated with you being at that point. And, and we've got to go through a journey on that. But I felt challenged, and, and I hope that you do too today, that are we extending generosity when it comes to our forgiveness? Uh, are we forgiving people despite the circumstance? Are we allowing ourselves to work through those things and go and be above and beyond what would seem reasonable when it comes to our forgiveness? You know, a, a scripture um, that I'd like to read this morning, Matthew 18. And um, Peter's talking to Jesus and he says this, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owned him, owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owned, owed him a few thousand dollars. So the, the, the king was after a million. This, this guy's gone to his um, friend or fellow servant who owned him a few thousand. And he grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged him a little more. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor couldn't wait. He... he had the man arrested and put him in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in a man who had forgiven him and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. 
Shouldn't you have the mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters. Hey, he feels challenged by that. But what a great uh, explanation of, uh, of what God has ultimately done for us. And I'll talk about that in a, in a little moment. But, but the ultimate act of generosity came from Jesus coming. Like the king there, he, he saw pity on the servant and he came and brought forgiveness. And he didn't just say, hey, I won't put you in prison and you can work off your debt. He forgave the debt. He wiped out the debt. And then the other guy went along and demanded it and that didn't work out so well for him. I want to be in a place where I don't refuse to forgive someone, no matter how big or small, and I want to extend generosity when it comes to my forgiveness. And the, the, the fifth one is grace. We talked about it last week, but are we extending grace and are we being generous? Again, like dealing with people, are we, we giving people some slack? When someone said they would do something and they didn't, how are we responding? It's different to forgiveness, but it's still quite difficult to do. If you get frustrated easily, it's hard, isn't it, to extend grace to people. Oh, they did it again. I can extend some more grace. I'm going to be generous in extending grace. Luke 15 And again, a scripture that many of us would know about the prodigal son, the son who got his inheritance and went off and partied. And uh, this is the end of that story where he's coming back. He lost all his money and he's coming back to the father and the father sees him coming off, coming a long way off in the distance. And it said, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both you, against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring on his finger and sandals for his feet. Kill the calf that we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. So let the party begin. What an extension of grace. The father could have just said, hey, come in, son. I'm going to welcome you back into our home. And now you're going to have to repay me everything that I gave you. Or I'll welcome you in and you can, you can stay here in the, the back room or out in the, the stables or whatever it might be. He didn't do that. He actually turned on the royal treatment like as a, a guest in his home. He extended grace beyond all measure to the point where his other son got upset. It's incredible to see the grace that he extended him. So I want us to ask this question today. In all those areas, and there's probably a whole bunch more that we could could discuss and think about, but if God is our provider and his resources are limitless... His grace never ends, then why should there be a limitation on our generosity? If God is our provider, so depending on where you sit, but I believe, and I've been challenged by this thought that the Holy Spirit dropped into me during the week, 
was that if God gives us all that we need, and we read it in the scripture and we love to go, you know, God owns every cow on a thousand hills and he's our provider and we, we bring out all these statements that are biblical and true. But if we genuinely believe it, that we believe that he gives us all resources, that his grace is never-ending, then why should we limit our generosity? And, and we put a limitation on our, our generosity in all of those areas, I think. Well, I've only got so much money. I don't want to, to give out anymore because I've got to do this and this and this. Or that person's really annoyed me this many times, I'm done. Or that that situation, why should I forgive that individual because they hurt me so bad? There's all these reasons that we come up with and I'm preaching to myself today where we just, we kind of put this barrier or, or this box to how far our generosity will go. But ultimately, if God provides and he brings the grace, then what should put a limitation on that? Imagine if our generosity was so flowing, and I, and I believe that the way that God works, he'll put resource into our life, both financially and time and skills, and we've got to be a conduit for that. If it sits in us like a, like a river, if you get a little pool off to the edge, it's going to get mucky and yuck, but if there's water flowing, something's moving through us, then, then there's an opportunity for God to use us and us to, to do something out, but we can't just let it sit in us. So how are we being challenged in every area of our generosity? You know, the ultimate act of generosity came from God, didn't it? The ultimate act of generosity came when he sent Jesus to the cross to die for us. Imagine losing a son. Imagine losing a child. But what's more than that, imagine sending them, knowing what was going to take place. This week, a, a friend of ours, a guy that I used to employ, we found out that his um, 20-year-old son committed suicide. And just a tragic, we just saw on Facebook, we contacted the family. And, and whether it's good or bad, in a, a situation of tragedy, I often think about what it would be like to be their parents, their family. Someone said to me once, don't do that. It's not, but I'm like, well, I want to empathize and sympathize with that family And I think about if I was in that same place, what would that be like? And I actually think that's in in a reasonable dose, that's okay, because it actually gives us a sense of what God would have felt like. Imagine for a moment where God said, hey, Jesus, this is my plan. So first of all, the father said, hey, I'm going to send my son. I'm going to make a decision to save the world, to extend grace to all humanity, and I'm going to send him. But not only that, then Jesus went. So it wasn't just a you must, but there was something powerful that took place in that moment, in that ultimate act of generosity, where Jesus said, yeah, I'll go, send me. Now, Jesus is God, And so he would have known what was going to take place. He wasn't naive, and we read through the New Testament where multiple times Jesus went and prayed, and he spent time reflecting on what was to come. The pain, the suffering, the weight, the human turmoil, everything that he went through, what an act of generosity. 
I said before, generosity should cost us something. Otherwise, we're, we're, we're just giving away surplus. If, if we're not giving, whatever it might be, with it costing us something, then we're just giving our surplus. And it's just like, hey, there you go. It's like giving us someone else's money away. Hey, who likes to do that? Who likes to spend someone else's money? I was going to do a wife joke, but I won't do that. Um, Because I'm filled with grace and mercy and stuff today. But imagine if Jared gave me his credit card. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Ruth said she could spend on someone else's credit card. Hide your credit. Make sure you put your bags away when you're after church. The foundation of generosity is love. God sent Jesus to this earth so that we can have grace, that we can have eternity with him, that we could be in relationship with him. But that had to be founded on love. And and without love in our generosity, without that, it, it can't be authentic. You know, next week, or in a couple of weeks' time, we're talking about us as a church being authentic. Our generosity has to come with love, and for it to do that, we have to do it without it being a surplus, without it being just a leftover, but it coming from a place of love and care because we want to be authentic. So the question, too, we ask is, do we give to get? You know, lots of scriptures we can pull out of context in the Bible and, and we can go into a place where it's like, oh, well, if I do this, I'll get that. I don't believe that that's an authentic heart founded in love if our motivation is to get something for ourselves. Well, what did Jesus gain by going to the cross? He sacrificed without getting something back. Maybe for him it was that he gets to welcome everyone into heaven. But for us, if we're motivated by, well, I'm going to get this or get that, or hoping for some sort of extra blessing in return, then our heart's in the wrong place. Now, there's plenty of scriptures. Um, Luke 6 says, Give and you will receive. Your gift will be returned to you in full. Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. So that's an incredible scripture, a great scripture. But what we can do is we can take it out of context and say, well, if I give five bucks today, somehow I'm going to get 15 tomorrow. But the the principles of God are talking about us having a blessing that's going to come, but not where our heart's motivated to get that. And many people can take this scripture out of context and, and not actually understand the heart. Where we give, where we extend generosity, where we extend grace, there's a godly principle of sowing and reaping where God's going to bless us. But it's not about a, a balancing thing. Like I mentioned before, with, you know, if, if I did something for someone else, am I going to expect something else to come back to me? We, we don't want to have a heart that's motivated from a give to get, not a prosperity thing of, well, hey, that's, that's why I do what I do, some sort of investment thing. But the principles of God say that where, hey, where we sow, we will reap. 
You know, this scripture talks about it being pressed down, shaken together to make room for more running over and pouring into your lap. That refers to like in the old days when they, they would harvest grain, they would have these um, big sacks or they would carry them on their back and they, to fit more in, they would press them down. Have you ever put like grass or leaves into a bag? And to fit more in, you push it down. And then the more you put in, it would run over and, and pour out. And that's what God's saying there. Hey, follow my principles. Have the right heart. Be motivated by the right things. And wait and see what happens. See, the question too we can ask is, well, if I never see that blessing, if I never see something, would I still do what I do? Am I still going to be generous in in all of those areas that I've talked about, even if I don't see it coming back to me. Because that's, we can maybe go along a bit of time and go, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Now I'm going to stop. Imagine if God's grace stopped at a certain point. That's not how it works. Let's extend grace and generosity in all things at all times. So just as the team comes, I want us to ask this question again. If God is our provider and his resources are unlimited, his grace is never ending, then why would we put a limitation on our generosity? Why would we do that? So there's a couple of questions in there. The first thing is, do we believe that God is our provider? Do we believe that he he gives us everything that we have? It's easy to fall into a situation where we we just get in the routine of life. We go to work, we earn money, we, we seem to be providing for ourselves. Even as kids grow up, you know, how are you going to provide for yourself? When you leave home, you know, Charlie got baptized today. We're starting to have those conversations. Hey, when you grow up. Now, it's not a case of, well, are we going to be lazy and just expect God to drop stuff into our lap? But do we truly believe that He's our provider? That He's given us that job? That He's given us those resources? those things that should flow through us to to give away? Do we believe that His grace truly is never-ending? Now, our goal as Christians is to seek after Jesus and, and live a righteous life. But I'm pretty sure every one of us muck up constantly. Hey, God, yeah, I'm going good going good, haven't sinned for a while and then something comes along and we, but we can come back to God and say, hey God, I'm just going to ask you for forgiveness. And God doesn't say, oh, it's been too many times. You've used up your lives. You've you've used up your tickets. I gave you so many for life and that's it. That's not how he works. It's It's not a ticket for us to just do whatever we want, but it's for us to be able to say, God, I've not perfect. I need your grace. Uh, I need you to extend that forgiveness to me. So if we truly believe those things, why 
would we limit what we do for others? Why would we limit in our financial generosity? Why would we limit in our words, in our conversations with people? Why would we limit in our forgiveness? Why would we limit in our grace? And so this morning, I just want us to pray and I've been really challenged by that. I, I think I like to be generous. But generosity too isn't a point that you reach. That guy I mentioned, Andrew Forrest, he gave $70 million. He could go, look how generous I am. But he's got like $8 billion more he could give away. What's, given, what's God given us that actually we should get flowing? What is it that we need to work on? That connection and that conversation with someone. Maybe that area of forgiveness that we've just got to work through. And, and all of these things don't happen overnight, but we can make a decision this morning to, go, to say, God, come and do something in my life. Help me to think with a mind of generosity that's limitless. And watch and wait and see what God will do. Imagine if we stood here in a few weeks' time and there was just a whole or, or a whole bunch of testimonies came in on an email or whatever it is. Hey, I chose to step out in an in a act of generosity like this and this and this, and this is the outcome. Because I can guarantee you God will do something through it. Not about credits and debits, but God will work on you or He'll work on all of us. You might see an outcome that's really clear. But I can guarantee you where we push into a place of generosity like God's ultimate moment of generosity, He'll do something in us that will draw us closer to Him. Let's pray. Lord, this morning we thank You that we can come and, and just open Your Word. Lord, that we can be challenged by Your Holy Spirit to push into a place where our lives reflect who You are. Where we can push into a place where our lives are, are, are just pushing into a place of generosity. God, I pray just as we discussed and talked about those different areas around our money, around our time and our skills, dealing with other people, around forgiveness and grace. Lord, I pray that you just do something in us that, that prompts us to, to be generous at all times and in all, all occasions. Lord, we know that you sent Jesus to die on the cross. That that was the ultimate sacrifice. It was the ultimate act of generosity that we, we can't even, we can't get to that. But Lord, I just pray that the things that you've put in our hands to steward and take care of, Lord, that you will help us to be people who live generous lives. That we'll be known for our generosity in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, what a great message. Thanks for joining us here at Resound Church. We pray that you've been encouraged through the message and that you've grown just a little bit closer to God. While you're online, why don't you head over and give us a like on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website at resound.church. 
You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head over to our website resound.church forward slash app to grab our app which will keep you up to date with everything going on. Well, don't forget next week there'll be another amazing podcast here to listen to from Resound Church. We hope you join us then.